0: Welcome, we are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Something I started three weeks ago, and we've had some great meetings in the last couple of weeks with Carl Butler coming and, and different things happening. And, uh, and Mother's Day, we celebrated that. And before that weekend, I shared about a scripture and talked about this, where Jesus said in John fourteen six 6-7, He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him because basically they'd seen him. Jesus and seeing what what He said, what He did, was revealing to people and showing people what God how He speaks to people. We see that that's what God is like. That's how God thinks about you. That's how God thinks about me. And so I want to follow on today. The first time I talked about was Jesus is the way, and we talked about He's the way. And when Jesus made the statement about I am the way, He was basically saying, this is this is the way. I'm the way, and that other way is not the way. He was saying everything else isn't the way. I am the way to God. And he basically cancelled out everything else, which is a pretty powerful statement, especially in those days. And we talked about it before, how Joe was saying about how, you know, they had all, the Romans had their gods, and all this, they've worshipped all these gods, and that God's the way. No? None of that is the way, is it's through me. Which is a pretty full-on and powerful statement. And then he also says, the next line, he says, I am the truth, then I am the life. So today... We're going to talk about Jesus is the truth, and we're going to talk about truth today. And uh, in our world we're living at the moment, truth in some ways has been under attack. Uh, it probably has all through history, but in, you know for us and where we're living today, truth in lots of different things is suddenly under attack. And, and sometimes I shake my head thinking people believing things that are clearly like like wrong or clearly like you know you talk to them and go well you don't do that but they believe that that's right they believe that wrong's right and right's wrong and whatever and like stuff gets turned around and and living in a in a day where truth is kind of turned around and they sort of think well that's truth or that's truth or I think that's truth or no I think that's truth no that's you're not truth I'm doing ideas of truth so we're going to talk a bit about this today and in John eighteen thirty seven 37 and 38 in the Passion Translation Jesus has a conversation with Pilate and he is standing there and then Pilate's about to decide whether he's going to be crucified or not. He's been beaten up there, he's been whipped, he's been beaten, he's been treated terribly and, and he's, but he's been arrested and so he's standing there and Pilate has a conversation with him and Pilate says this, uh, and Pilate responded after a bit of a conversation with some people. I oh, say, so, so then you are a king, because people said, "Oh, he's," he said, "He's the king. He's the king of kings." You know, and and uh, you're right. Jesus said, "I was born a king, and I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words." Pilate looked at Jesus and said, "What is truth? What is truth?" You know, there's people today are asking the same around what is truth way back then he's asking so what is truth now Pilate had his own idea of what truth was they had you know his own ideas and people had philosophies and and all that kind of stuff the Greeks and all that and they thought truth is this truth is that and and so but Pilate in the midst of all this stuff he says well what is truth you know, and if you look into the history of the Roman Empire, and uh, and they had they come up with their own ideas of truth, what was right and wrong, and, and all that. But if you actually look at their society, their whole society fell apart and destroyed itself internally because they lost perspective of what truth was, and they lost all their mor- morals, and they lost their and then just everything fell apart. The whole society fell apart because they they thought, oh, we will just come up with all this ourselves. We'll just, we'll whatever I think is right, I'll do," and they did military power, but they destroyed themselves from the top down because they lost sight of any real truth. And so, what is truth, he says? As silence filled the room, Jesus didn't give him answer straight away, he just stood there and looked at him. Pilate went back out to where the Jewish leaders were waiting and said to them, after he's had this conversation with Jesus, he says this, he's not guilty, I couldn't even find one fault with him. That's what Pilate thought he could see straight away beyond this other stuff he says what is truth, and at the same time he's getting, Jesus is getting accused of all this stuff, and he picked up straight away in one conversation that he he's not the guy that they're saying he is, and but then and we're not going to go and read it, but then they go on and they and they say, oh, you know we can, and Pilate says, oh, well, you know we can release a prisoner so he says, well We're going to release this guy, he's done nothing wrong and not one of the other prisoners. And he goes, who do you want us to release? And he said, release Barabbas, crucify Jesus, release Barabbas. And the crowd was so strong, the pilot then just gave in to the crowd. But in the middle of it, and I like what Ravi Zacharias says about this situation when he says what is truth?" Pilate walked away from the greatest authority on the greatest question and committed the greatest crime at the time. Because the reality was that Pilate had truth in the flesh standing in front of him and he didn't even realize it. That he could have asked Jesus any question and he could have answered him. All the stuff, that Pilate, all the questions Pilate would have had about life and all the stuff that was going on, he could have asked Jesus and Jesus had some to answer him with the greatest answer he could ever receive because he was talking to the Son of God and he didn't even realize who he was that was standing in front of him. So Jesus made these statements all through life when he was walking this earth and he made this statement nearly 70 times. He said, I tell you the truth. Jesus went over and over again. He walked and showing, and he, he spoke the truth, but he also demonstrated the truth. He lived the truth, and he made the statement before he spoke so many times, nearly 70 times, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth, because he was making a point. He was saying, I tell you the truth. He wanted to people to know that what they were hearing was true. It wasn't made up, it was true. It was been set in place a long time ago in the foundation of the world. Jesus didn't just claim to be telling the truth, he backed it up. He backed it up with references to the Scriptures that clearly pointed to Him. So you can go back in time in the Old Testament and, and the prophets talked about the Messiah will come and this will happen and that will happen and this and this and it prophesied Jesus and all of it has come true. And Jesus looked back then when He walked the earth and He looked back and, and pointed that out. He said, they spoke about this day. They spoke about me. They what, you, what they spoke about in that day and the prophets spoke and what you believe and what you followed, what you saw stuff he said now it's being fulfilled in front of you and i am true and people still missed it thousands didn't thousands followed jesus thousands saw it and understood it but others then still were blind especially the religious leaders that want to hang on to their ways and their idea and it should happen this way or that way and And the ones that ultimately were the ones that got so jealous that they wanted to get rid of Jesus and were the ones that stirred up the crowd to have him crucified. But Jesus backed it up with scriptures. He backed it up with miracles that demonstrated he was from God. He did things that only God could have done, impossible things. Just walk up and touch someone with leprosy and leprosy just fell off their body. People with leprosy that had parts that had that had um, been eaten away, lost toes, he prayed and that they were made whole. In other words, the toes grew back. He just walks up to a mother who's walking with her child and they're heading off to, the, to bury her boy's body and he walks up and has compassion, simply has compassion for her because she's a single mum. He walks up and, and just walks up and stops them all and says, get up and live. And the boy sits up and he's totally healed, brings him back to life. Lazarus is dead for four days nearly and Jesus just calls out his name just called out his name because he said if he just said come out to all the other tombs everyone would have come out that would have freaked out a few people it, Lazarus was enough it, everyone just was in shock just at that but he just spoke a word as Lazarus come out and he just walks out in his grave clothes so Jesus demonstrated truth with miracles. He backed it up with um, authoritative preaching and teaching that cut through every argument. You've seen conversation and he shut down people. Come again, try and trick him, and say things, and do things, and bring people before him. And like the woman caught in adultery, and she, and he's, and they got rocks ready to kill her. And, and the, Jesus, the law says that she, we've caught her in the act of adultery. And then the law says we've got to stone it to death. What do you say? And I thought oh, we've got him now. He says, "Oh no, just let it go." Well, he's broken the law, and we've got an excuse to kill him. And and he doesn't say anything. And he just writes in the sand. He just starts writing at him. And then and they come. What do you say, Jesus? No, we we know you've got. We've got you now. to just say. And he writes in the sand. And then he just stands up and he says, well, any of you?" And this is what the, if you go back to the original translation. Any of you have never had a sinful thought in your mind? He says not just done sin, but sinful thought in your mind, he said, if any of you have never done that, well then you throw the first stone at her. And the Bible says the oldest ones drop the stones first and walk away until everyone left. And Jesus walks up to her and he said, have a look around. You know, who Where's all or... He got off the hook, he says, he basically said, today you've received mercy, so just don't go and sin anymore. He put her on the spot. He said, don't live this lifestyle anymore he said today is your opportunity to be totally free and so he speaks truth cuts down every argument he backed it up with the biggest miracle of all which was predicting his own death and resurrection he said i'm going to i'm going to die but in 3 days later I'm coming back to life again, and they were going, and the disciples weren't even getting that. They're thinking, "What are you talking about? We, you, we want you to live forever. We want you to be here with us. We don't want you. To go, you can't go anywhere, Jesus. How dare you leave us? We. You're, this is just getting good." we just, just we're just winning you know you're meant to take over we're going to take over the whole world we're going to take over the they thought they're going to take over the roman empire and live and, and they think of that earthly kingdom or whatever and they had they were still getting it all worked trying to work the whole thing out and if they like you can't go and Jesus says i must go i don't go and do this you can never you can never be with me you can never be with me i have to go and do this and he predicts his own death and resurrection and uh, and then seeing it through, he saw he came back to life. Then he speaks to them again. That's proof that when he, thats proof enough. All those things are proof enough that when Jesus said, "I tell you the truth," he was in fact—it's confirming that Jesus is telling us the truth. So truth. Here's here's a few things about truth. Now we could talk about truth for a long time. And and the, here's here's the thing about truth. Truth has to be, to be real, has to have a fixed point or has to have a foundation. So like if truth doesn't have a fixed point, then it can be changing all the time. So then, so if, if it hasn't got a fixed point or a foundation where it comes from, say, oh, well, what I think is truth is truth, and what you think is truth is truth, and that could be totally opposite. Oh, but I know I'm right. No, no I, no, I know I'm right. No, you, I know I'm right. No, you, And they you have this argument about truth. that hasn't got a fixed point. It's not based on something. It's like whatever I think is good, whatever I think is true, well, that can be it. So if truth hasn't got a foundation, then it can change to what... what according to what people think. People then come up with their own theories of truth. Plenty of them around. Do you want to go looking? Plenty. There's, you know, and one of the things is that if, if they, see the thing is that if you accept the truth of God's word, then suddenly there's consequences for the way I'm living. Suddenly I have to deal with, some stuff in my life that i know isn't healthy and i have to deal with some stuff that may be hurting other people i don't want to do that so i'm just going to say i don't believe the bible i don't believe jesus I, and i so i don't have to listen to what you say if the bible people heard people say oh the bible's not relevant so we'll change it or whatever we need to do and make it relevant you can do all that the truth is it's set in eternity the truth is, that you can remove it, do whatever you want, and the consequences will still happen to you because God has put it in place for eternity. You can remove it and say, I don't believe it, and the way you live will still have consequence. The wages of sin is death. And you can say, I don't believe, whatever you want, I want to believe, and you'll still suffer the consequences of that lifestyle. And so, and so we have people, and one of them, and I just mentioned this one, there's thousands you could talk about, but one of them we've heard recently, and uh, is about um, people who believe in, gender fluidity, like I'm um, gender fluid in other words my genders can change can change all the time and so you know scientifically we have male and female but then there's people that are but ultimately so and I and and I totally believe that they, they probably are struggling with they're not sure they're struggling with their identity and whatever's happened in their life has put them into a place where their mind is like going I don't understand who I am and so I must be this or I must be something different and so and and the danger that's happening is that this this theory is actually being taught in some of our our universities and schools as like as like truth, and so. But the, here's the thing that they've come up with 58 extra and different genders. So that's it's. This is fairly common knowledge. If you if you haven't, if some of you are shocked by that. So um. But it, this has been around a little while. And seriously, people. And then so they say male or oh male today, but tomorrow might be something a bit different. And so, and so, and then I'm not trying to condemn those people, because there's some people that are really hurting and broken, and, and they're trying to understand themselves, and so they're living that way, and they're serious about it, they believe it. And so, and so they, ch- but they can say, oh, I can be that, but the next day, and next week, I might be this, and so you can imagine living that way, that life could be a bit confusing, and so... And so, I I'm, I'm not going to talk about the whole subject today, but that's just one theory that people through. Now, there's no scientific proof for that, and scientists are going, "Well, that's just not. There's no way you can prove that scientifically." But they've come up with this stuff because they simply because they don't know who they are. They've lost their identity. They've lost like they no one's spoken into their life and say, you are this, you are this, you are that. Do you know what God's answer to them is and to us? And and it could be, it could be that. It could be someone just struggling with identity with just like who they are themselves. Like it, you're not no one's struggling with, you know, their their gender or something, but it could be just struggling with finding out who they are, the, the person they're meant to be. And God's answer is simply this. In his word, he says, God's answer is that. True, uh, the truth of these words is what he says about them, you are in, you're made in my image, he would say to them. You, I made you. I made you in my image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. And so we need to, as Christians, we understand that. And we, and we sort of say, when we're trying to work out who I am, we come back to the foundation of what you're doing. You come back to the foundation of the word of God of truth. And you say, well, what does God say about me? And so as soon as you come back to a fixed point and foundation, then suddenly you've got a basis of truth and you go, ah, oh, that's what it says. And suddenly you, as you read that, as you take that in, you live a life according to what God says about you. But if there's no foundation of truth and one person's saying, well, truth is this and, and truth is that and truth is that, and the person's going, oh, well, um, which one do I believe? And there's a whole lot of young people because they don't know. And so truth, that's why truth has to have a foundation and a fixed point. That's why when Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, he said, I am a fixed point of truth. When you see me, you see truth. That's why, you over again, I, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth. If truth hasn't got a, if truth has sorry, has a fixed point, it doesn't change. The word of God has not God has not changed for thousands of years. God hasn't had to adjust it to like fit in God hasn't made I've oh, just got a clause in there in part 7b that uh, I need to adjust this because of a few things it hasn't changed in thousands of years science has changed everything else has changed and, and you, the amazing thing is that all these things have changed and none of it then all of it still lines up with what God has said when they discover I'm amazed as they discover new things in science and you're right they go oh I mean, and they will change their theory but then it always doesn't it doesn't contradict the word of God it actually lines up with it and so so they're discovering things that God has already said. They want, don't want to, not every scientist, but, you know, scientists will, you know, there's Christian scientists that believe the Word of God, but there's others that, no, we don't believe the Word of God. But I'm amazed that when they discover things, how it lines up with the Word of God, because it's a foundation of truth. And so God put it into place and he doesn't change, is that I have my own version of truth. So if you have a conversation with someone that says, I don't believe what you're saying, that's okay. They can do that. God's given us freedom of choice. If they don't want to believe the Bible or what you say, that's okay. We should never condemn them or judge them or pull them down. They can do that. But what they're really saying to you is, I've got my own truth. I've come up with my own truth or I'm believing someone else's truth. Truth, and I'm just going to do it that way. The problem is, is when we live outside of God's truth, it doesn't end well for people. It doesn't. It it doesn't. Things don't go the way they think. Things don't flow the way they want them to. Because God is real truth. Imagine with a whole bunch of people, as we've been talking about, that says, "I've got truth. I've got truth." That if we had a world, and this is mostly our Western world's thinking this way, that you know that you suddenly that gets escalated. You get you're suddenly living in chaos. Right? And so, let, what about this example? Let's go to a practical example. Let's say, let's say that I'm driving my car, and uh, my son goes to Torquay School, so glad you're at Torquay School, um, and I'm driving past Torquay School, and, uh, and I decide that, um, you know, why, why this, this isn't a 40 zone. What, who would make this a 40 zone? There's no reason that this should be a 40, I'm just going to 80. You know, because I think that's the best way to go. And so, so it's it's 8:30 on a you know morning through the week, and I'm just going to drive 80 because I think that's I don't think that's right. I don't think 40 is right. So, um, so I'm just going to 80, and I rip through there, and uh, and then all, there's a police police room waiting there, and they pull me over, and uh, and comes up and he goes, uh, hi sir, are you and you've got a reason for you're like doing 80 or you know you're going really fast, and uh, is there a reason why you got to be somewhere as an emergency? And he's like, okay, Um, well, well it is, (laughs) it's kind of the law, Um, it's been put in place there and like, and you were doing double the speed and there's consequences for doing that and so I'm now going to fine you and actually I'm going to remove your license because you're 40 over uh, and you won't be driving for I don't know how long you're going to go to court Uh, and I'm going to go and I can argue and I can go, oh I don't believe you, I don't, I I just don't think I want to pay the fine. I don't want to get. Well, he said, "Well, you'll end up in jail." And so, there's. And so, I can say what I want, but the truth is, there's a foundation of laws in our nation. And if you want to follow them all the way back, they actually come from the Bible initially. If you want to go all the way back in time, the foundation for our laws in our nation. Now, those laws, there. Now, I can, I because you know, I, I can think, oh, well, I'll just do whatever I want, and you know that. To us, we we don't do that. Um, and they will deliberately do that, and we, because we think, oh well, you know, it's, that's the law. We just got to abide by that because there's consequences, right? And so, the um, and so basically the in the um, what was I going to say? That's right. I had some another thought, but I'll, we won't go there. The uh, and so on the on on, so I'm driving along. I want. I think I'm just. I've broken the law, or whatever. And God has put those things in place, and our laws have put things in place. Troll us. But protect us, because the reality is that when I go driving past Torquay School, there's, and it's a 40 zone because there's kids could run out at any time. And if I'm doing 80 and a kid happens to walk out or whatever, or the lollipop lady walks out, and, and, I, you know, and I can't stop in time, I hit someone and I hurt someone. And so the, that is put in place as a protection for people. There's a reason why there's a protection, and there's a reason why there's consequences, so people are deterred from doing that. And you know, God's word, He hasn't put things into place to control us, He's put things into place to protect us. So when God says, Don't live that way, He's not doing it to control you, He still gives us freedom to choose to do that way. He's doing it to protect you and the thing is that you know and if you want to and if you want to see and the thing is we, we've we lived a lot of years and so you can go back in time and you can pick up a subject that's in the Bible and you can pick up that subject and look back in time like for the Roman Empire for example and you can pick up and the way they were living and you can see the consequences of generations of people of nations that have decided to live their own way and, be, and stand apart from the truth of God and you can see the consequences of what has happened in that nation. And so, what God's ways are true. And so, He puts things in place and He speaks truth, so it will be a protection for us and not. A controlling thing and some people think oh well God just wants to go no he loves us he's a God foundation is love with God he loves us more than you even love yourself and he loves you so much that he wants to protect you it's like you know when we've got our you've got your child and they want to go and touch the hot stove or the thing on the hot stove and uh and so they they're like no don't do that you're going to get burnt and they go oh, I don't believe you and so and and they so they walk up and they they go oh yeah and you touch almost like you let them touch the hot stove or you don't see him doing it, and they're like, ah, and they're like, a stupid stove, and, you know, and so they start crying or whatever, and they come back, you were right, you were right, you were right, and so now, so sometimes, this is how I believe, that God, you know, he, he wants to protect us, but sometimes, he'll allow us to go and touch the hot stove, protects us from the stuff, the dumb decisions we make, and he protects us, but there's other times that when we thought, oh, well, you know, well, I'm not sure if that's true, oh, does God really that says is that true i'll just go and try and we step out and we get hurt and we go oh yes it was true god you're true and so we come back and then when you start to realize that what god says is truth and you start to put boundaries in place in your life and you start to make right choices and decisions because god loves you and he wants to as we wrap this up today i want to share just a couple of things before we finish he, there was a conversation going on with some people, and, he, and Jesus says this to the Jews. He says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, is in John 8, 31 to 36. When you embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For you, if you embrace or know, another version says, the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives, or it will set you free. So you would have heard, maybe some of you heard the scripture, if you know the truth, it will set you free. Surprised by this, they said, but we're the descendants of Abraham, and we're already free. We've never been in bondage to anyone. How could you say that we will be released into freedom? And then Jesus makes this statement, which I hadn't seen before till this week. He says, I speak eternal truth. He just didn't say I speak truth. He said stating that the truth I speak is eternal. Do you know that you know, people can come up with their own idea of truth. It's not eternal. It's temporary. And when they die, it dies with them. And people have had truth that's maybe gone you know, an idea or a thing of philosophy or whatever, and it maybe has gone for a couple of generations, but it's suddenly then kind of died out. It's not eternal truth. Truth that is contrary to God's word isn't, doesn't last forever. And Jesus clearly says here, I speak eternal truth. He says, what I say is never going to end. It's going to be forever. Forever. Can't stop it. Can't change it. Can't just it, say, like, oh, we're just going to remove it. You can't do it. It's eternal. And so, you see, I speak eternal truth, truth, Jesus said. When you sin, you are not free. So they think they're all free and Jesus brings up the sin because all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. No matter how they're living or whatever, there's a, there's a mark of sin on their life. And so Jesus says, when you sin, you're not free. That's permanent standing in a family like a son does. So he said, when you allow sin and undealt with sin, it's like you're like a slave and it's like you, put, you separate yourself from God's family. But he says, for a son is a part of the family forever. And then he says this, this line, powerful line. So if the son, meaning Jesus, sets you free from sin, then become a true son and be unquestionably free. Another version says, the son sets you free. You are free indeed. He's the unquestionably free. It's like someone, when Jesus comes and sets you free, it's like someone looks at you and they go, they are unquestionably free. Jesus has done something in their life. I can look at them and there's something going on there. They are different to what they used to be. They're not like they were yesterday. They are unquestionably free. And only, only, only Jesus can do that. Your knowledge won't do it. You can, know, you can memorize the whole Bible and still not know Jesus. You can have all the knowledge in your heart, and the Bible says you're not saved. And so people can get knowledge and be puffed up and think they know everything, but God will look and say, you know nothing. Got a whole lot of knowledge, but it's not real. Jesus said, I am the truth. Jesus speaks unchanging truth. Jesus speaks eternal truth. People may come up with their own version of truth, but it isn't eternal and it won't last. It'll pass away with them. And he says that that line I said before, if you embrace the tr- or know the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives or it will set you free. The thing about knowing this is, this is our part, that you could be someone that knows the truth has been, um, you know, filled with the truth that Jesus has set you free and you understand that but then God gives us the task of speaking the truth to others now it says people must know the truth in other words they won't be set free from just hearing it they're set free by knowing it and I've heard some people speak or preach and they said oh if you hear the truth you'll be free but that's not what the bible says it actually says you've got to know the truth. But for to someone to know the truth, they do have to hear first. And then it's up to them whether they're going to receive it or not. So what, where's our place in this? That every time, every time you speak truth, every time you speak truth or every time you actually live truth, because some people won't always listen to what you say, but they will see what you do. And if what you say doesn't line up with what you do, then they will say, well, I don't want any part with Jesus. But when the two line up together, they will see truth. What he said and he did always the same way Jesus did people to see that this is truth this is what i've been looking for they've had all these other options people saying this that the other and they suddenly it's like god's spirit comes in and touches them and they see this one stands out because they're actually seeing real truth they're seeing eternal truth they're not seeing so truth that is they're going oh there's yeah there's like that, that but i don't know that's just kind of their own idea but suddenly they see something that is like eternal there's something different about this truth it has a foundation and, and has a strength it has a fixed point point. and so when here's the here's the Here's the thing, when you speak truth to someone that maybe doesn't know Jesus, they're struggling with something, and you begin to speak truth, just by them hearing it, you've actually triggered or activated the start of them getting set free. It's like a trigger point it's like the start of the journey where they're on the journey they've heard it and it's on the journey of them coming into knowing it and the moment they know it and they know that they know that they believe in Jesus they know that Jesus has set them free they know Jesus is the truth they know Jesus died for them they know Jesus rose back from the dead they know all this stuff the moment they know it they are radically changed and radically transformed and radically so we all know people I know people that are, you know, that that are on a journey trying to work out God, and some that just you know at a distance. And it's not about going around and saying, "Well, do 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 do," and telling you can't. You go. The worst thing you can do is judge someone that isn't a Christian. You can't judge someone that doesn't know Jesus. You just got to love them. But in normal everyday conversations, that's what Jesus had. Most of the time, it was He's walking out and about, out in the street, and coming across people. And it wasn't like He was in a place. Same thing with us: that you can be out and having a conversation, a coffee down the street, someone in your home, whatever, having a conversation, and very naturally, you can just share truth. You don't have to say the Bible says or it says this here. You can share the Word of God very naturally in conversation. And that truth will begin to get into their spirit and their soul. And they'll start to, it's like it'll grab a hold of them. The Word of God is living and active. It's not dead and so when you speak God's word it's like it has power it has life and that, and when you speak it that the Holy Spirit begins to activate it and begin to speak to the other person's soul and suddenly there's this, there's this trigger that happens there's this hunger that happens in their life and they start to go that thing you said yesterday that word you said what, what were you talking about because I couldn't sleep all last night Because I had that word going around. I had that thing you said going around in my life. What what is it that you really believe? And that's all it is. We We, We are carriers of truth. You are a carrier of truth. You are a carrier of life. Jesus has left it in our hands to say, Speak the truth and live the truth. Just do it naturally. Thank you for joining us.